All right, afternoon, Scott Jackson and Chris Knocky in for Grant and Danny here on 106.7 The Fan. Hope you're enjoying your President's Day. Chris is back from America's heartland uh, <laughs> after a, a long night uh, in overtime, of all things, before coming back. And obviously the loss for Maryland. Uh, good to see you this afternoon. Sorry you had to endure that yesterday. Yeah, good to be seen. You know, uh, it's a great environment, Scott. It's a really great place to see a college game. Obviously, you root for a different outcome, and sure. it would have been a really nice win on the road because Nebraska's playing much better. But, uh, you know, it's things happen. It's a it's a conference of, of big-time home court advantages, and yeah. Nebraska's no different. Well, you know, I, I, it's funny because you'll hear – I'm sure you get asked this all the time, and I read this all the time, and I, I just kind of snicker because – you know, in in the tournament, everybody's like, well, if you can't win on the road, that means you can't win in the tournament. Well, no, you don't play actually on the road in the right. tournament. Everybody's on a neutral site. A lot of these, quite frankly, some of these places are so benign. Yeah. But, you know, especially in the early it's, rounds. Very sterile. Very you're, sterile you're right. environments. It's, it's not the a lot going thing, on there. The one thing you do want to avoid is be, because of the way the tournament works, you want to avoid being an eight or nine seed. Yes. Because even if you win, you're, you, you don't want to be playing Alabama in Birmingham. Correct. You know, you don't want to yeah. be playing North Carolina. Well, you don't have to worry about North Carolina no, not, as a one no, seed. <laughs> but you, you don't want to be playing North Carolina in Greensboro. You know, so uh, you want to stay off that line. But uh, at this point, there's still four games left to play in the season for Maryland. Less for some leagues. I mean, obviously, there's some tournaments that start a week before the Big Ten does. So it's crazy. I know you're involved in the game, Scott. It's yeah. amazing how fast the season flies by. Yeah, you said it. I mean, so, so the Sun Belt, who I've been dealing with this year mostly, um, we got two games left. Two. Two regular season games. How about that? And the that? tournament starts next week at Pensacola. Uh, so, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it just it, – Now, do you go to Pensacola? I would love to go to Pensacola. But no, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm you not have no going duties. You have no duties. No, I have no duties in Pensacola. No, okay. No. So, I, I do the last two games, uh, Wednesday and Friday down in Norfolk. I got uh, Southern Miss ODU. I got – Marshall ODU, two best, two of the best teams in their conference uh, coming up on uh, this week, and then, then that's it. Then I'm just like everybody else sitting on the couch and watching all this stuff. So, but it, it has flown by. I agree, it has absolutely flown by, and you know, it's it, it, to me, it's just like I, I think it's going to be going to be one of the more interesting tournaments uh, because I don't really have a feel that I can trust anybody for sure, you know, consistently. Well, I mean, the one theme to the whole season has been parity. Uh, you know, anytime, mm-hmm. anytime you have a new number one right. team, they get beat, and so, and we've seen it time and time again. So I don't know how many more times you have to see it before you, you come to the understanding that there are twenty five teams in the, in the landscape, twenty five yeah. out of three hundred seventy teams that could probably, you know, get themselves to the final four for sure. Yeah, make, it makes it fun. Um, it'll make it for messy brackets too, probably. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, you know we'll get to uh, some of the uh, weekend stuff coming up off of Eric Bieniemy. Obviously, that really I guess happened late Friday. I was on here Saturday. Uh, talked a lot about it. Then we're going to talk more about it. At Three o'clock. Matt Paris from the Washington Times will join us. You know what does this mean? I- I'm fascinated a couple things. Right. First of all, I think it was a home run hire in the sense that when you started, you were hearing names like, you know, Pat Shermer, Ken Zampezi being promoted. Uh, a bunch of guys who I don't think maybe one of them, maybe Thomas Brown's the only one who actually got a job somewhere else from the Rams and mm-hmm. promotion and everybody else that just kind of stayed the same. So to get him as the, again, the offensive coordinator, whether he's a play caller or not for the, you know, Super Bowl champions over the last you know two Super Bowls over the last four years, I think 
if you'd have told me that going in, I'd have kind of laughed, right? I thought, no, that's not possible. But some things kind of fell into place, right? Like the Ravens went early on Todd Munkin. Uh, the head coaching positions, once again, it was like the musical chairs got pulled away from uh, the enemy before he even got a chance to even talk to some of these people. And like it was either Washington or Kansas City, but if you go back to Kansas City, you're going to hear the same crap all over again. And it just was like the perfect storm for for the commanders to come in there and be aggressive and, and get this guy. Yeah, there's so much to bite off with this thing. First of all, um, you know, you hope he brings some of that Andy Reid Fairy dust, right? Yeah. Pixie dust. No kidding. I, I am under no illusions here. Like, like I, you know, Bienemy clearly, you know, he's a he's a good man. Certainly, qual- more than qualified for this job. But I'm also respectful of the fact that it's Andy Reid that had that made Donovan McNabb, Donovan McNabb, and made Michael Vick so good yeah. in his second time around. And then, you know, the guys he had, you know, uh, you know, the guys he's had at at, at Kansas City. I mean, he's. You know, Alex Smith gets a is is a Pro Bowl player three three times in four years for Andy Reid. So Reid clearly has that magic about him. You just you hope that through, if nothing more than osmosis, that Eric Bieniemy has that same thing. And I I, I was kind of tickled by that whole Lashawn McCoy thing. Yeah, you know, uh, Lashawn was very vocal about the fact that. Bienemy's too much of a hard ass to be which a is, head coach. Not which a, is great for this team. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. You know, when, I, when you see it, you're like, good. But but Reed's yeah. com- Andy Reid's comment in defense of Bienemy mm-hmm. was even better. You know, the fact that LaShawn was at the end of his career. Yeah. There's certain players that just don't want to be told that they're at the end of the line, you know, yeah. so – uh, that whole thing's interesting. I it was a home run uh, for the for the Commanders for sure. Yeah. And uh, uh, PR wise, you you hope it translates. And you've got the added element of having a relative, not a relatively young quarterback, a guy who's played one NFL game. Yeah. And and, and, I, and unfortunately, you got to wait till Thursday to hear him talk and kind of give you some thoughts on you know obviously what he thinks of Sam Howell, right? Uh, you know, and how involved he'll be in deciding whether or not they draft somebody. Uh, if there's a, a free agent What's your that bet? he likes. What's your bet? I would think they draft somebody and bring in a veteran as well. I think you. I think there's room to draft somebody, even if you like Sam Howell. I mean, he's just, you know, it just makes sense. I yeah. mean, you know, it's supposed to be a really deep quarterback draft. You don't have to do it on day one or two. You can do it on day three. Uh, get another person in the hopper and still put Howell in the right position. Get a veteran, uh, whether it's bringing back Taylor Heineke. Or somebody on the outside. I mean, who's you, played you, in games that you, you know could play if you needed him. I mean, don't you? You have to simplify things if you got Sam Howell playing quarterback, right? Right. I mean, if if San Fran can get to where they got to with a third string quarterback, and largely because they relied on their skill set, their skill right. guys, and and these the guys in town here have the same level skill guys. I mean, great wide receiving core, excellent, and good running backs. Yeah, and that's what's wild about this whole thing. I mean, because if you look at what Certainly, look, you don't have Pat Mahomes. No, <laughs> in Kansas City, Pat Mahomes, they have Kelsey, right? There's, like, only, there's only one of those right. guys. You and know? There's only, like one Kelsey, right? So it's yeah. like those two guys are so much further ahead of anybody that's on this roster. But the others, like the receiver, the receiving core, you could put up against the Chiefs anybody. easily. Anybody. And the running backs as well. And anyway, you know, so you'd be happy with that. So that's what's interesting. Obviously, the offensive I, line needs help. They need a, I think they also need a, a big time tight end. I think there needs to be something there as well. I think that would have been. You know, there was discussion, uh, obviously, about uh, the the Ravens' former coordinator. Uh, I thought it was funny because here was, you know, they're oh, they only throws, they don't use the receivers and stuff. It's like, is that the case that these didn't have receivers in Baltimore, right? Because when he was obviously when he was with uh, 
you know, he was getting it done with the 49ers. There were receivers that were, you know, having big years. You know, Crabtree had great years with Kaepernick. I mean, it wasn't like that was just something, you know, that just su- suddenly happened. But anyway, I, you know, the whole idea that he was going to come here and, you know, they were going to play like they did with Lamar Jackson with Greg Roman, you know, I don't know if that really would have made sense or not. But I think he probably could have adjusted to what he had here, and he wasn't, you know, he's not going to throw to the tight ends. Like you said, you know, just like he threw to Mark Andrews here. Yeah. He just didn't have that personnel. So, yeah, all these guys have to kind of adjust to that. But I would agree with you. I think the tight end position, they've got young guys that, you know, we'll see. There's a lot of wait and see on, but there there could be just a, a home run uh, player they could bring in that they could know, would know would be able to play for them immediately in free agency. Uh, I think the, the, the laundry list is significant, and it all starts with the offensive line. Right. Yes. I mean, uh, bolstering what they do there, and that includes the tight end. You know, um, and, th- and they could use a frontline guy in that position. It's just, you know, it's a natural in this day and age. And also, he comes from a system where, I mean, obviously, as you said, Kelsey is a completely unique player. There might be one player like him, you know, uh, Kittle, maybe, yeah, you know, I mean, Kittle. you know, maybe. Um, so, you know, it's a completely unique situation, but they do depend on that position a great deal. Yeah. Or and, they have, I should say. And I do find it funny, uh, and again, maybe when you're when you're having the end-of-the-season presser, you probably shouldn't have it like the day or two after the season. You probably wait another week or two and kind of see what, what's going to happen. A, if you're going to fire your offense coordinator, which they did a couple of days after, or the like the day later, uh, which was weird. So they had this whole thing, this talk of philosophy, they did this lukewarm you know, answer about Scott Turner, and then he ends up getting fired. I guess maybe it was the same day, or was it the next day? I can't remember. Which it was, it was very soon after. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, at the time, the way the offense was described, certainly if you'd have told me then, okay, this makes sense. This is this means they're going to go after somebody from Kansas City. I would have laughed in your face because that's not what they described at all. No. It was the complete opposite of Kansas City, who's the most pass-heavy team in America, right? I mean, they're, they're the most pass-heavy team there is uh, in all the NFL, and there's a good reason for it because they're really good at it, and they've got the right people for it. So, But to hear that and then to land on this spot I thought was interesting. But, again, that's where the skill – set lies too is, is throwing the football with these guys well and outside of knowing you know who the quarterback is uh, uh, so bianami has been in, involved in the pro game forever now yeah. you know he's, he's a lifer right yeah. he's uh he's had a long career he he he's not going to come in i don't imagine any of the anybody in that situation comes in and 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 says we're going to run exactly what kansas city runs yeah. We're going to do that. You, you, can't you, can't. Do that. No, you can't. You can't do that. You can't. The model is more San Francisco than it is Kansas City, where you just you minimize yeah. the number of throws that Hal has to make. You make it fairly simple for him. A lot of play action, waggle stuff because he can really run. Yeah, he's you know? got excellent mobility, as we saw yeah. in Carolina. I agree, and, and even that one game he played here, I mean, you could see it. Now, I, I exactly, but I just thought it was kind of funny because when you're hearing the description of it. In the beginning, and you're like, "Wow, they want to get two to one to run." And obviously, they maybe overstated that and admitted later, but still, it was you know, certainly not. I wouldn't have thought they'd land on, "Oh yeah, the you know the Chiefs' offensive coordinator." Well, the other part that's kind of interesting too is the con- the contract, um, because right. you have the head coach and Coach Rivera, who is two two years left. Although the seat is warm, right yeah. on the basis of what happened this year, where they had to serve on their racket basically, and they screw the pooch. Right, yep. they had every opportunity to get to the playoffs. Didn't get it done. At one point, they were probably seventy-five percent likely to be a playoff team. I think it was after the win over uh, Atlanta, which was right. You know, going into December, with a, a few home games ahead, I think you you were one hundred percent right. It was like around seventy percent. I mean, to 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 snatch defeat from the jaws of victory yes. like that, yeah, 
is, uh, uh, and that, and to a large degree, that's laid at the feet of your offensive coordinator because sure. the defense had come around. The defense ended up having itself a pretty good year, the, the back, the second yep. half of the year, and and you know you hold teams to seventeen points. You're supposed to win those games, and they couldn't score. Whether you want to attribute it to a quarterback who's probably more likely a backup right. level quarterback or what, but you had enough guys, you should have scored more points. Yeah, no doubt. And it was, um, you know, in the in the knowledge that we have now of okay, you, the team's for sale, obviously. Um, not moving as fast as some of us would like to see. <laughs> but you hear the story last week that Sean Payton was good enough to let everybody know about that here's this group that's interested in Washington that called him up to see if he'd be he'd want to coach there. You know, I mean, and to put that out there. It's crazy. I mean, look, no matter I think most of us understand that's probably gonna happen with the new ownership group. They're gonna look at outside options first, right? And if they because it hasn't exactly been the Chiefs here or the Eagles the last couple seasons, so that makes sense. But for somebody uh, to put that out there like that, I mean, if there wasn't already the internal pressure, right, in that group, uh, you know, everybody around the league now is well aware of what's going on, and it's on record uh, of what p- the potential people that could own this team think. You you know, there's – in the history of sports ownership, there haven't been many that have come on, come in and not wanted to make a splash. Right. I can think of – Steve Bishotti may be the only guy, you know – yeah, quiet behind the scenes, guys. Most owners are, you know, uh, control freaks by nature. Love to see their names in the paper, and yeah. love to play the trading cards. You know, exactly. So, yeah, it's uh, that that was wild. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that, but I almost then after that moment, I was thinking I really need to do some research on those the, the rivalry between the Saints and the Panthers when Rivera was there because that's not something you do to a colleague or a buddy, right? Unless you're just really it's trying all, to stick it to them. It's breaking the code. Yeah, yeah. That's, right? that's coach on coach <laughs> crime is yeah. what it is, and you're not supposed to do that. No doubt. So, anyway, a lot of stuff to get with the enemy. Matt Paris will join us. I'm curious to find out uh, if he thinks there's going to be some staff changes. Uh, Bill Moss will get the Chiefs' point of view uh, in the 4 o'clock hour when he joins us as well. And Mike Vogel will join us at 5.30. Talk about the Caps Stadium Series loss over the weekend to the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. By the way, that is still, I think they're in the 30s now and how many times they've done it. It's still a cool thing to look at. It is. It's like, wow, they made a football stadium into a hockey rink. And uh, and I, the first couple times it happened was so spectacular, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I've always thought it was cool in, in really cold weather towns. Yes, you know, it, it it and a little bit of snow mixed in is is always a good thing for that that kind of game. But you can't count on that, and certainly you're not going to count on it in Raleigh. No doubt, and that's what's wild. They can do it in places like that. The only thing that's really the kryptonite to the whole system is the rain right yeah. like they can they can work around a lot of things even warmer temperatures but this can't really work around the rain yeah so that was um that was cool to watch because it was cold enough and fifty six thousand people i mean i guess there were some traffic issues down there but i could have told you that would happen i went to a u2 concert there about 10 years ago or 15 years ago and it was a nightmare yeah I get <laughs> they're it. not really set up for that many people uh they are not set up for that many people so uh that's part of the problem as well uh with what's going on down there but uh, Capitals, you know, take the loss and then their playoff, you know, the math is not looking good. So we'll get to uh, Vogue's about that uh, later in the program. So All-Star Weekend took place. I know you were traveling yesterday. Um, uh, thankfully so. Yeah. From what I, yeah, I, I'm going to save thing, you the DVR. Uh, yeah, I, well, I could promise you it was not DVR'd. So, <laughs> but uh, it's it's, on I, I landed last night and immediately I opened up Twitter. Yes. And they just got 
panned unmercifully. Yes. On uh, in social on social media. So. Uh, it was, it, listen, I, I got I know what it's like, right? I've watched enough All Star games, I've been to All Star games. I, I know what, but now it's even like it's not even pretending. I mean, you're not even pretending to step in front of somebody or anything. I mean, you're just oh, really oh, just now. It's like, all right, ole, ole. You what's know, the it's final crazy. score? One eighty-three to one seventy-five or yeah, something like yeah. that, right? Right. And the people are taking quick shots. I mean, it's not even like ball movement anymore. It's just like I'm going to get mine. Everybody, get the hell out of the way. Yeah, it is bad. Now, I will say this: All Star Saturday night was great. The McClung thing was awesome. Yeah, that's a great story. It and is a great, great story. dunks. No, it was tremendous. That was a lot of fun. But there, there are a lot of things in, in the works in the NBA that I think is interesting that I want to get to with you. Obviously, we can talk on the Wizards part of it with the second half of the season coming up, or really less than the second half now uh, with what's left of it. But this idea that, um, you know, maybe at some point we got to sh- shorten the season. Maybe? Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, I mean, listen, there are already players that have shortened the season. Yeah. But maybe we need to put it on official uh, scheduling that it has been shortened. All so right, everybody else does for season ticket holders. So we'll talk about that and what the options are. Because let's be real, if they shorten the season, people aren't giving money back. So how do you make up for the money, I think, is, is kind of one of the interesting things that's been going on. And uh, a few things said this week uh, that I'm not sure everybody's going to agree with by some of the biggest stars in the game about, you know, basically saying, I want out, get me out of here, and whether or not that's good or bad for the league. So we'll talk about that coming up. Again, we'll get the commander stuff at the top of the hour as well. Uh, there is a bit of a uh, ownership uh, update to get to here in the program today as well. Uh, it is uh, Scott Jackson and Chris Naki with you here. It is Grant and Danny minus the fellas today here on 106.7 The Fan and always on the Cree Odyssey app. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, guys, out today, Scott Jackson, Chris Anaki in for Grant and Danny. Ryan Clary, though, is in the house. He's here. He's here 24-7. Yeah, he is. He is as well. Committed. I like it. I like it. Well, um, we were talking about the All-Star game before we went to the break and how, yeah, I mean, it's All-Star games in general have really overstayed their welcome, maybe? Is that the way to look at it? Jump the shark, as they say. Yeah, I mean, back in the old days, when when you didn't play, like, baseball, National American League, only played in the World Series, you didn't have interleague play, Uh, obviously, you didn't have all the free agents you have in the other sports, Uh, you know, the NFL Pro Bowl always kind of sucks, but at least they know it, and they've acknowledged it, and they've moved on from it, Um, but baseball's still probably the closest thing to the best one we have going. The hockey one is weird where you have everybody in their division, right? And they play yeah. each other at round robin, which yeah. isn't a terrible idea, but it's still not like real hockey because the scoring is just so high. I think, you know, um, obviously I'm a hoops guy. I think baseball's all-star game is way is way better. And, I, you right. know, I know the McClung thing was great this weekend. Yeah, but by and large, the slam dunk championship, the slam dunk thing is to me is is beat. Well, it's a shame that for whatever reason now – it's become cool if you're a star not to do it. Yeah. Like, you don't want to do it. It's almost like your ego, you don't want to embarrass yourself. God forbid you missed, you lost one, right? Yeah. You didn't win one. But, like, the fact that a John Morant isn't in it, 
or even, you know, I know Zion's hurt, but you know what I mean? When he was, I mean, he would have been a, a slam dunk. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. Uh, to do it. LeBron never did one, which is wild. I mean, Kobe did it. Michael did it. I mean, just go down the do, list. Which which is better, the Saturday night before NBA All-Star game or the home run hitting contest uh, in Ooh. baseball? I, I think they're both really good. Like, I would have said last year it was home run derby for sure, but la- this this one was so good. The three-point competition is usually Usually pretty good. good. You, yeah. you know, it's never bad. But this year's the dunk was a big thing. But again, it was an unknown. It was kind of like a cool story. And I think maybe because we live here and we knew McClung from Georgetown and the Virginia, you know, the you know, he's I believe he's the all-time scorer in the state of Virginia, Gate City, yeah, right, yeah, is the yeah. all-time scorer in high school basketball or is he second all-time or something? Anyway, I mean, but we saw the YouTube videos and all that stuff about him before he came to Georgetown. Yep. There was so much hype around him. So I think for us, it was I don't know how it played around the world. Uh, it, it did seem like it was, you know, getting a lot of buzz. You know, people were excited about it. The stars, the, the, the players at the game loved it. Yeah. I mean, so that was cool. But I think, at the, like you say, at the end of it, it's it's not what it used to be. No. Because, again, your best people aren't involved in it and don't want to be involved in it. Well, I mean, it, it, Vince Carter set, set the bar pretty high. Yeah, he did. You know, I mean, there's some guys that just completely changed the trajectory of that whole thing. And it's just watered down. It's just uh, the the whole. Uh, the, I think the whole weekend. Uh, and I, you know, everybody loved the, you know, Larry Bird not taking yep. off his you know, shooting in his warm ups. You know that type <laughs> thing. And and they're yeah. And the three point contest is is kind of littered with guys yeah. who you know who, who did a tremendous job to win that thing. But by and large, I think they have to change the format. You know, the uh, props to the NFL who recognized. You know what the whole Pro Bowl thing. It's awful. It's terrible. Yeah. Exactly. So let's do something different. Yeah. I think that's okay. I mean, you don't have to. I mean, again, it's, it's about, hey, here's the best of the best, right? Mm-hmm. And the problem with the NFL, too, as you do for years, it's at the end of the season. Most of the guys' bodies have been through hell and back. They didn't want to come, you know, and play in another game or even, you know, even make the trip in a lot of cases. I mean, you could get seriously damaged playing in that game. And yeah. also, you could get seriously damaged when you're not playing hard. You know, going and that's you're sometimes you're more likely to get hurt in a situation like that, right. and um, it just it made no sense the whole that whole concept of Pro Bowl. And yet they did it forever. They did do probably it did it for fifty years. Right, right, and, and thank goodness it's gone. But yeah, this the thing they just did got a lot of high marks. I think it was fine. You know, it was nothing. I, I thought it was different. And seeing the players in a different way, and then for the NFL guys who always have their helmets on, I don't know we've seen that you got to see more personality. Some guys you might not have known about, which is I think helpful. And the NFL used to do something, Scott. And this was just a little before my time, but um, in the in August before the season, they would have the reigning NFL champion play against a team of college all stars. Isn't that wild? Now you think about this. Back in the day, these guys. These guys usually worked a part-time job in the right. summer. They weren't making a whole lot of money. So, in most cases, most of them showed up to this game in August way out of shape. Way out of shape. Way out of football shape. Well, think about this. Now, college games are being played in August, right? Like, all yeah. the badass teams yeah. are playing, you know, these these games uh, early, you know, getting ready for the season. You would never do anything like that. But, you know, it, it does bring up the, the thought after watching just another, just, you know, whatever, all-star game, you know, Adam Silver talks a lot about this in-season tournament thing that he's excited about. He's also talked about an in-season tournament that may include non-NBA teams. So, like, maybe, I don't know, international teams. Sure. Right? Uh, they talk about Or maybe, I don't know, maybe is he talking about G League teams? I have no idea. But maybe that's oh, I think the... he's talking about – no, 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 no. Yeah. This is all about expanding the brand. Right. This is this na- international. Yeah, this right. is not going to be G League. This okay. is going to be – Teams from Spain and you know uh, Olympiacos from from Athens, you know, I mean, 
the it'll be the best of the best. Yeah. So this obviously is also a way if you know they say they cut the schedule down right uh, from the eighty two games to have some revenue, of course, right that the, they may be losing uh, as well. And I, I think it's an interesting idea. I, I think in the beginning people were probably going to look at it like, well, so what? I don't. What's the what's the catch here? Like, what, what? Why should I be excited? My team's playing to win an NBA title. What do I care if they win I, the midseason? Can I take that one? Yeah, go ahead. Here's why you should be excited. Okay. All right. Go and here, let me give you the scope of what the NBA wants right now. This to me is March Madness in the middle of an NBA season, which would okay? be great. It's one week yep. long. Eight teams with the best record, regardless of the conference or division. Just your best eight teams. Win in advance, just like March Madness. Payments are based on advancing. Everybody who qualifies starts with $500,000 per player. You get 250000 for advancing per player. Winner takes home 1.5 mil per player. Um, they do this in Spain. It's called the, the, the Copa del Rey Cup, the Copa del Rey Cup or the King's Cup. Um, and the reason why it's not, it, 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 it isn't working is because the players union has, you know, basically they've, they've said there's not enough money in it. Right. They want more cash. Well, isn't now, there a discussion at one point of doing th- all 30 teams as well? Like they said last year. Yeah, but July. you can't do that in a, yeah. you can't do that in a week. You, no, this no, is no, a, definitely this is a whole, you know, you want to, yeah. the brevity is, is, is an important part of this. Sure. Right. So now this also brings to mind a wider, whole wider frontier of what's going to happen in the in, at the end of 2023-24. The collective bargaining ag- agreement is up. Yes, and there will be a fist fight uh, for from between players and owners because owners have ceded all sorts of ground and territory to players. Absolutely, and uh, and the owners, by virtue of being owners, are going to want it back. Uh, now that makes sense. It, yeah, but you know the way this works, a lot of toothpaste is out of that tube. It's tough to get it back in. It really is. You have to win in other areas. You know, you have to be able to 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 get your wins where you can. And I don't know where this ranks, but but this is another part of that whole CBA thing. This you know a concept like a midseason tournament. Yeah, I, look, I, I definitely think the, the game should be fewer. And I know people go, "What do you do about the records and all this stuff?" I mean. I don't know. I mean, do you think anybody's going to really want to play as long as LeBron to beat his all-time score no. record? No. No, of course no. not. Especially with the money the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think – I've never been a person that knew any of the NBA numbers outside of 100 points. That's what, that's what Wilt did in the game. It's, it's, the, it's the gold standard that's of it. records, though, that's right? It, right. It, you know? That's it. I mean, but I, I mean, it's not like baseball or one of these sports that we're really caught up in the numbers, right, and like these all-time records. I mean, it's just not one of those sports that's ever been like that for me. But, may, you know, maybe that's just me. Maybe there is a group of people that are really into it. But whatever. I, it definitely has to be lowered. I think Steve Kerr brought up some fair points that I really hadn't thought about being an old curmudgeon, uh, which is, you know, most of these guys have played year-round forever at this point mm-hmm. in their lives because of the way the world is. You know, everybody – all the coaches always say, hey, we want you to play other sports, and they really don't mean it. They really right, want you to right, play the right, sport you're right. really good concentrate at. Concentrate on one. Yeah, yeah, concentrate on one sport. And that's what happens, right? And they play a lot of games. I mean, there's a lot of wear on these guys by the time they get to the league, even if you co- are a one-and-done or whatever. There's still a lot of wear on you. So, you know, it's 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 adding up. And then for guys, you know, like Steph Curry, who played a million playoff games. I mean, LeBron's the exception of the rule. I mean, he's never been very hurt. He's had injuries, but he's never been, like, severely injured to the point where he's missed a season or anything like that. Well, the other thing is this. So say you get to that midseason tournament, and I'm going to just throw a guy out there okay. who, who the Clippers are one of your top eight teams. Sure. Like when he's healthy, 
like I, I and I've said this a thousand times. When he's healthy, Kawhi Leonard is my guy. He's my right. dog, right? I, I love watching that guy play. Sure. What incentive is there for Kawhi Leonard to who's making twenty eight million dollars, whatever that number is, and throwing right. it out there, to play in a mid season tournament where you know, first of all, he's the king of load management as it is. Oh yes, he is. And uh, and so, what incentive or what likelihood? Let's let's put it this way: What's the likelihood he'll play in three straight games to see if he can't win a championship? Agreed. I mean, there isn't zero is the likelihood. And and think about this too: If you're the Spurs, right? Who you talk about king of load management? I mean, <laughs> that this is yeah. who, this is who Greg Popovich, right? He's the one who's really brought this into us. I mean, then what do you do? I mean, at that point, I mean, that doesn't. It doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense for them. Like if they're trying to, you know, make sure their team gets through uh, to, you know, again, for this midseason tournament that has no history at all yet. Yeah. I mean, eventually, I guess if you do it enough, people will start to care. I guess that's the hope here. But I don't know. We're different, man. You know, all these leagues that work other places where, you know, like in soccer, which I think is a great idea, where you have relegation. Yeah. Like it would never fly here. <laughs> With any of our sports, but it's a hell of an idea. Yeah, I mean, it's a hell of an we, idea. We never. We'd fly be in the America. kings of re- relegation here in this town. Yeah, we would. Oh, we would. We would, <laughs> we would be relegated to. Oh yes, to Hades. No, there would look. It would have been a cool thing for for a time to see it, it but no, I, I don't think it's ever coming here. But I just, I don't know. I, I think it is. A, it would be fun for sure because I do think there'd be something. To, there's something to be said about the one and done format. You know, like mm-hmm. there is a casual nature, as you know, to a seven-game series, right? When it first starts, right? It's like ah, we lost, it's okay. But like you know, when it gets to a game seven, we always talk about how amazing it is, the effort level, and how everybody's just all on the line. Just imagine having that from the jump. It's like a great mini series, you yeah. know, like right. the the in an eight-part mini series, you know, episode starting with episode like five, six, right, seven. Right, right. You're like, holy, you know, yeah. And then there's always something that floors you in that last episode. No question. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, we'll see where they get to it. They get, there's something has to be done. I, I heard, and I love Kevin Durant, but for him to say this week that you know guys forcing their ways out of places is a good thing for the league, I completely disagree. Well, I, I, what do you expect him to say? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, it's I, great I, if you're I, one of the haves, but if you're, I don't know, Washington, for example, here where you're not a, d- a destination location and you're not a team that's won 50 games, you know, since the 70s, the late 70s, it's not exciting to see that. It's frustrating as hell. Uh, and it's it's a bummer. I mean, you want to you want to see guys, you know, come to places and you know actually play well, out their contract if they're allowed to. Well, the whole dynamic in Brooklyn is 180 degrees from where it was three months ago. They've right. gotten rid of you know locker room issues and controversies and things like that. They've retooled. They've also replenished their draft picks that they gave away right. when they got Harden uh, a few years ago. They, you know, they'd given away five firsts, I think, at that point in time. So. Got a bunch of that back, and I wonder how, how Nets fans feel about the whole thing. You know, uh, because hey, as the as the Nets were constituted, they weren't getting past the Bucks, right. probably weren't getting past the Celtics, absolutely, and, and not. might not get past the Sixers, right? So, so why not blow it up? Bring in some exciting young guys. You know, uh, bet on the fact that you're you're paying a GM a boatload of cash to put together a team. Yeah, and they haven't been terrible since the trade. I think they're 500. They're scuffling, uh, you know, some nights, and some nights are really good. But it hasn't been a just like, oh, no, they've lost 10 in a row because yeah. of it or anything yeah. like that. So, yeah, I'm with you. I mean, again, the middle, as we talk about all the time here in particular, is no place to be in the NBA. It just doesn't get you anywhere. And, you know, I, this play-in tournament thing, I think it's awful, but it's here to stay. 
that, that, you know, that range where, you know, you're sort of in the playoffs, but you're really not in the real playoffs quite yet. But I get it, man. It's a business, too. It makes money for people. Uh, it, keeps the, uh, it keeps the cash moving. That part of it's fine. But it just feels like every year, you know, in, in particular this season, maybe the West is a little different because it's, it's so wide open. But I think maybe some of these teams that underachieved early, they expected to be good, will start rising soon, including Phoenix. But, like, really in the East, what are we talking about? Like three teams that you really trust when you're Boston, Milwaukee, and the Sixers? Yeah. That's, That's about pretty, where you end the Pretty much list. it. Yeah, it's yeah. about it. I mean, the Cavaliers are a great story. I, don't I was just going to say, I, was, I, I yeah. would probably bet on them, if not this year, next year being, sure. you know. And they being, blew it up a little bit, needless to say. I mean, yeah. they, the part, of course, it was forced upon them because LeBron, you know, jetted in the free agency, but then they moved on from Kyrie. They just did, they didn't wait around. Yep. Now they're going to buy out Kevin Love. And I was surprised at how, at, at, this sounds stupid. Yep. I was surprised at how little money Kevin Love is making. <laughs> and that's eight million dollars yeah. you know like yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah. like like that's a good point you've got that but at in one your... point he was making a heck of a lot more a, yeah well he was in a li- starting a... center on the olympic team yeah he was a max guy at one point yeah 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 no doubt it is it is funny to hear you say that but that's true it is kind of uh dropped off all right let's talk about the middle of the nba in particular the wizards and where we think they stand right now Starting the post-All-Star schedule. We'll get to that coming up on the other side. Uh, at the top of the hour, Matt Paris will join us. We'll talk about the Eric Bieniemy hire. Does he bring staff with him? What are his uh, what are his options at quarterback beyond Sam Howell as well? We'll talk about all that stuff coming up at 3 o'clock hour. It's uh, Grant and Danny, Scott Jackson, and Chris Naki in for the fellas today here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming on the Odyssey app. All right, back here, Grant and Danny. Guys, we'll be back with you tomorrow. Scott Jackson, Chris Naki here with you. Top of the hour, we'll talk to Matt Paris about the Eric Bieniemy hire and all things commanders. Uh, Wizards will be back in action. they got to wait till Friday. Uh, Chris, 24 games is all they have left um, this season. They play the Knicks on Friday at home. Yeah, so it's time to make a move. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's time to like pick up the yeah. pace here. Uh, you know, they had some big wins before the uh, All-Star break. Uh, kind of solidify themselves at least in that play-in area with a couple W's. So they're at 28 and 30 on the season. And, you know, they they could still catch some teams. They could still track down, um, you know, even the Heat in their own division, uh, who are the seven seed right now. The Knicks are, at, you know, nine and a half or four and a half, four games back from them. That's not impossible. But what, what do you think the upside, the, the ultimate upside for this team is if, if they can ever get these guys in the court together for an extended period of time? Uh, you know, I think they're – Okay, uh, you know, meh. <laughs> so right, right. Uh, you know, uh, they have some decisions to make. Obviously, yeah. uh, it, it there is nothing greater in athletics, Scott. I think that an NBA player in his contract year. It's crazy yeah. what some of these guys like Porzingis now all of a sudden will run through brick walls. He'll play with an ankle sprain. You know, he'll get you twenty-seven yeah. and twelve with True. a broken finger. You know that type of stuff. Um. Kuzma, I think is a is you know is a is a dog anyways. I think he likes to play. Yeah, you know does. so, uh, but the, these guys are having pretty damn good years at least statistically. I you're just not good enough in other areas. You know you, um, you don't have there's a lot and they haven't drafted particularly well. That's been a huge part of of the equation here. And I I know that they're relegated to twelfth or thirteenth pick every year, eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. But you know what? They're still pretty good players 
coming out at 11, 12, and 13. You know, a guy like yep. Bone, Bones Highland. You think as a point guard, he would make a difference in a situation like this? Yeah, I think he'd be really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Loved him when he was in college. Yeah. It, you know, it was weird how the Nuggets situation, everybody assumed he would get this playing time this year, didn't come his way. And I, I think it was a great pickup by the Clippers. Now that they brought in Russell Westbrook, though, I don't know what that does for him. And, again, he can play off the ball, too. Uh, and unlike Russell, he can actually make an open jumper. Yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> – and, and also you just <laughs> – that whole move is unbelievable. And, and yeah. the fact, though, is there were, there were more than a couple of suitors yeah. for Russell's Absolutely. services. You know, so yeah. – including, if you believe what you read, including, you know, Tommy Shepard and these guys here. Because, he, of course – Russ had a hell of a year here. He uh, did. Excuse me, hell of a second half here. And Beal played very well yeah, with he it. Did. You know, it sounds funny to, to talk about it. And in the end, it worked out well. They made a heck of a trade. I mean, I think it you know, helped them. But I don't know. I mean, just this idea that they're just going to, you know, bring the band back together uh, next season, you know, with extensions for potentially two of these guys where – I think most people look at it objectively and say, yeah, best case scenario, maybe you're, I don't know, a five seed. I mean, it what's, just seems like a lot of payroll for a five seeded team that's not going to be a yeah. championship contender. And what's that, the old, the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again? Yeah. And expecting different results. Yeah, it is. It is very strange. And, and you just feel like you've, it's Groundhog Day. No doubt. It, it does feel that way. So I, look, I think they're going to, poised to get in this year you know i'm not one of these people that buys into you get in anything can happen in the nba playoffs because rarely it does <laughs> it's usually by seed is how it works but uh it, you know it'll be interesting to watch it down the stretch and have the decisions they have to make all right matt paris will talk about eric the enemy's hire coming up at the top of the hour it is uh, grant and danny without grant and data today here on 106.7 the fan of the odyssey app